Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Layla, and you're listening to a Day of Prayers Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, LaCharles, can you open us up in prayer? Yes. Lord, I just thank you for today, Lord. Just thank you for your continuing blessings on us, Lord. And Lord, I just thank you for allowing us to bless others with those blessings that you have given us, Lord. And just allowing us to be grateful and show our gratitude by giving to others, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for everything that you have done in our lives, Lord. Even the things that we don't recognize as miracles, Lord, but that they are there. And that you continue to make them work, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Good morning and welcome, everybody. As we continue our study in 1 Corinthians. And this morning we're picking up in chapter 14. Could I get a volunteer to read from verse 13 through 25, please? I will. All right, I promise. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may inter- interpret. For I pray in tongue, my spirit, for if I pray in, t- in a tongue, my spirit prays. But my understanding is unfruitful. What's the conclusion then? I'll pray with the Spirit and I'll also pray with understanding. I'll sing with the Spirit and I'll also sing with understanding. Otherwise, if you bless us with the Spirit, how he who occupies the place of the uninformed say, Amen, at your given thanks, since he does not understand what you say. For you indeed give thanks well, but the other is, but, but the other is not edified. I think I think my guys speak with tongues more than you all. Yet yet in the church I would rather speak five words with my understanding than I might teach than I may teach others also than ten thousand words in a tongue. Um, am I supposed to keep reading? Twenty five. Yes, baby. Okay. Brethren, do not be children in understanding, however, in malice but ba- in malice be babes. But understanding be mature. And the law is written, With men of other tongues and other lips I will speak to this people, and yet for all that they will, will not hear me. Hmm. Therefore, tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but, but to unbelievers. But prophesying is not for unbelievers, but those who believe. Therefore, if the whole church comes together in one place and all speak with tongues, and there come and those who are uninformed or, or unbelievers, um, unbelievers, will they not say that you are out of your mind? But if you all, prof- but if all prophesying an unbeliever or uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all. He's he's convinced by all. He is convicted by all. And thus the secret of his heart heart is are revealed. And so falling down on space, he will worship God and report. That God is truly among you. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. All right, so with that, we're going to open the floor for each each of you to share what the Holy Spirit speaking and ministering to you and ask any questions. So who would like to begin? I think I'll go. <laughs> okay, I promise. Okay. 
Okay, the Lord's showing me verse. Actually, I'll start right here. The Lord was talking to me about how last devotional we were talking about how if you prophesy, you edify others, and if you speak in tongues, you edify yourself. So the Lord's showing me that. He showed me verse. Um, verse 16 where Paul said they don't understand what Paul says if they don't understand what you're saying how can they say amen which is to agree with what you're saying mm -hmm. uh -huh. so the Lord sh showed me that that's what he, what he means by how it edifies others it edifies others when you prophesy but edifies yourself when you speak in tongues Be because when you prophesy they're going to go, Amen. I know what you're speaking about. And the Lord was also showing showing me with an unbeliever, unbeliever, if he comes inside of a place and you're speaking with tongues, they're likely to say, he's a madman or he's crazy. And they're going to go, well, I don't want to be a madman or anything like that. So the Lord showing me that prophesying is literally, not literally, it's one of the best ways to get an unbeliever to believe is when you speak and prophesy. Hmm. And, okay, continue, sir. And the Lord's also showing me that when you're prophesying, it, it has to be really what the Lord says or the, the person may or may not believe. It, the best way is to prophesy what the Lord's truly telling you not going, well, I see an unbeliever. I'm just going to make up something and prophesy to them. About something. Okay. Well, why? Why is it not the right way? Mm-hmm. It's not the right way because the Lord's not speaking to you about that. That's, that is correct. And also, what does Paul address here? He says, the secrets of their heart will be revealed, right? Yes. Okay. Well, who knows that? The Lord. Only the Lord. Right? The Lord says, I know the thoughts and intentions of the heart, right? Yes. And and that's also known by the Holy Spirit because he takes from the Father and discloses it to us. He searches the depths, the lengths, the breadth, the width of the Father's heart who knows all things, right? Yes. It also says the Holy Spirit searches the hearts and minds. Okay. So who else is going to know those deepest secrets or things in your life except for the holy spirit no no one okay well the father and then have the holy spirit reveal it so there is that and those are great points sir and i also want to bring up and we'll, we'll go back to acts 2 all right okay. in acts 2 do you not see the exact things that we read this uh the other last time right Yes. The exact things that Paul is describing here, right? Did you not see that played out in Acts 2? Yes. Okay, you saw that manifested then. The people said that they were full of new wine. Well, some did, right? Ooh, they tried to say that the they, were, they were crazy, right? But what else was said? What else did Paul say? We'll start with that first. What in verse 22? In verse, we can go to verse 22. That's a great, <laughs> great place. 
I'll read it. Therefore, tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. But prophesying is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. Mm-hmm. So when we look at tongues, as it, we saw manifest in Acts chapter 2, right? Who understood? The 120 people that were in the, the room, the upper room, waiting for the the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost? No. Who? People listening. People on the street. But that ones that had a believing heart. Exactly. Heard. Because there were many people on the street. Some heard and believed and heard the, the wondrous works of God. And some mocked and scoffed. So they heard the sound hit their ears. But they didn't hear the prophetic word that went with it. They didn't understand that because they had a mocking heart, an unbelieving heart. Exactly, which is what Paul writes about in verse 23, right? When he says, won't they say, if everyone's just prophesying and there's no interpretation or understanding of the tongue spoken, won't they say that you were out of your mind? Yes. So you also see the order in this, right? But then it brings up another point, and this is something that Dean brought up last time. And Dean brought this up, and actually we have to go back a little bit. Because this thought and the desire for gifts, right, comes off of two things. And we have to go to, to the beginning of chapter 14, verse 1. And, and honey, you brought this up. The first one is a continuation of the thought, which is pursue love, right? Because love never fails. Mm-hmm. But then in verse 12, which is key, he says, Even so, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts... Let it be for the education or edification, excuse me, of the church that you seek to excel. Those are key points, key verses. And here's the why. Paul wrote this letter because he was addressing issues within the church. There was all types of factions and dissension and and divisions within the church, right? Yes. And he's acknowledging you clearly are seeking the gifts, and you want them, and you're desiring them, and you're pursuing them, right? And that's a good thing. And it's a good thing, Mm -hmm. right? But the Lord, again, as we know, He knows the motivations. He knows the thoughts and intentions of the heart, right? He knows the heart and the minds of each person. So then we have to look at our, or examine ourselves. Why are we seeking the gifts? Are we seeking them to, or from verse 1, out of a pursuit of love, and because of that love, we are looking to edify the church? Or are the gifts being desired and pursued that people can then say, well, look at me. Look at how I'm being used. Because it matters. We have to examine ourselves in that. Mm -hmm. Because the second way I described is not being done out of love. That's selfishness. That's pride and, and all these other things that are in opposition, that war against the Holy Spirit and against the fruit of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the attributes that are known and associated with the character and nature of our Lord. So why then are we pursuing it? 
This is just because, and it should be done out of love. First, our love for the Father, right? With our yes. mind, heart, heart, body, soul, and strength. And then because we love our neighbor as ourselves, yes. And we want to edify them and encourage them and build them up. Because that's what matters. The Lord will establish us. The Lord will build us up. All right? We don't have to go out and try to snatch it for ourselves. All right? Just receive what he is giving us. And he will give us the gifts as he desires. Mm -hmm. That's what it says, right? Even in Acts, it says, and they spoke in tongues as the Holy Spirit gave utterance. That's a gift. And it's also proof, right? Of receiving the Holy Spirit or the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So, we then, yes, desire the gifts, but why are we desiring them? And it should be to build up our neighbor, other believers, and ultimately point them to the Lord, to encourage them to come into that proper alignment and relationship with Him. And then, likewise, in turn, do the same for others. That way each one gets their needs ministered to. Yeah, I just, um, first off, as a side note to build up anybody that's listening, you know, uh, quite often, um, as we're discussing one uh, section of the Bible, we're um, led to other sections. And uh, that's the neat thing about how uh, God's Word, you know, it's just this thread of His truth and His wisdom and all. It's woven throughout the whole Bible and never contradicts itself. Mm-hmm. It also exposes the um, the depth of how it just continues to expand as we study it more and more. Uh, but for me, I, uh, most often I, I rarely see anybody in this room uh, looking up a scripture. They just comes to mind chapter and verse. <laughs> Not so much for me. So when I reference chapter and verse, please know that I have used Google while we're sitting here, and I have researched that. If God has not called you to that, don't just be okay with where you are, right? Absolutely. So as you were speaking, John, mm-hmm. um, I started thinking about um, you know the, the section in um, Ephesians where we're being taught about husbands and wives, right? Yes. And the the, the wife is given some admonishment about respect, but then there's there's a, a pretty heavy direction to the uh, to the husband, and um, I think we can use that as a template here for the same way when we talk about the building up. So in, in five twenty seven, um, Ephesians five twenty seven. It's always struck me. So you're being admonished as a husband to treat your wife in such a manner that you're able to present her to Christ wholly blameless without spot, wrinkle, or blemish, right? So now we're holding as, as the church itself is the bride of Christ. Amen. And our, and our brother in Christ, Joel Brown, always talks about be real careful about how you talk about Jesus' bride. Be real careful about what you're doing with Jesus' bride. So it's easy to criticize the church as an institution and some of the things that aren't as, as we'd like to see them be. But this is just a, a another way to consider and admonish our own selves mm-hmm. um, to how we're supposed to be building up. Our words, our thoughts, our actions, everything need to be so that we're building up the bride so that she may be presented to Christ as holy, blameless, without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. Mm-hmm. And we need to be very careful um, 
in in our part that could be opposite to that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Amen. And there's only one Amen. surefire way to make sure that we're not opposite to building up the body. And that's something you're going to hear. <laughs> You've heard many times, and you will still hear many times, and probably until Christ comes back. Mm-hmm. Say what the Lord says to say, and do what he says to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to repeat what I said <laughs> last time, you know, is... um. I mean, let's just let's let's just be real about it, right? But just it's it's sometimes it's difficult at different times in our lives. It's it flows more, and other times it doesn't. And that's that spending that time with the Lord alone, so that you learn to hear His voice better, and to under to fully understand what He's directing you to do. Mm-hmm. And um, that's not going to happen. Um, and change that. It's much less likely to happen if the only time that you're spending with the Lord is sitting in church on Sunday, listening to somebody else read his word to you or talk about his word to you. It comes from, um, you know, daily, if not moment by moment, interaction with him of really seeking him. And it can take years to cultivate that. And the longer you deny that um, and think that it's automatically going to happen because you want it to happen— it's, it's not. Transformation takes time, and yes. becoming more Christ-like and understanding him takes, you have to invest the time in it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I think um, it might have been Charles Stanley, could have been Zig Ziglar, I'm not sure, one or the other, but was talking about how, um, you know, um, um, we don't pay the price for success. We pay the price for failure. We reap the rewards for, for success. Mm-hmm. You will pay the price for the lack of intimacy in your relationship with Christ, or you will reap rewards for spending time with him mm-hmm. and getting to know him better. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen to that. Amen to that, Amen. exactly. And, <laughs> and with that, it also just starts with a choice, right? Christ compared it to a, a seed, right? Just a mustard seed, or whether it's faith, whether it's the kingdom of heaven. It starts with that mustard seed. But yet that seed that goes in the ground still has to, you have to a, choose to plant it. Right, and I, and I speak about our time with the Lord, right? And cultivate you. You brought up cultivating this this life and rhythm, or however you want to describe it, as a we're constantly in communion and fellowship with our Father as we go about our day, every moment of the day, right? Like mm-hmm. that that comes with that choice, and that choice is planting that seed. But then that seed still has to be watered, and it still has to be cared for, it still has to receive the, the nutrients it needs, right? So this. It starts with a choice, but then we have to maintain that, right? And and not allow other things to creep in and and snuff that seed out or mm-hmm. the fruit and the life mm-hmm. contained within that seed out. Mm-hmm. So I'll speak more plainly. Our time with Christ. Guard that time. Guard that time. Our life, our very life, our being depends on that. Mm-hmm. And it's not that you can't you have to separate from everybody in life, no. There are many believers, many Christians, many followers of Christ who are there and they're sent. And you may know some that can help you, that can encourage you, that can build you up and, and, and help you in that, right? Help you pursue the, the thing that you are, are looking for, which is that fellowship, that communion every moment of every day. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have those people in your life, you can always reach out to us. All right, you can contact us at a day of prayer at yahoo.com and we are 
more than willing to help as the Lord leads us and ministers to us how to specifically help you. Mm-hmm. So, so thank you for that, brother. Mm-hmm. I remember in my in my early days with the Lord, there was a, a transition. There was a point where I made a hard decision to serve God. Like, nope, Lord, I'm not going backwards. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a Christian. I'm gonna be yours, and that's gonna be that. But from there, there was also another decision to step in more to knowing God, not just being in the midst of other people that knew God, but to have him for myself, to have my own um, dynamic relationship with him that could sustain my life from the, the moments of just being a member amongst other people that knew God or were pursuing him on some level wasn't enough to sustain me. I always felt the the ups and downs, the highs and lows. I, I would feel great when we were at church and praise and worship and yes, hallelujah. But then after that, I would feel empty and dry and low. And it's all the Lord. But he brought me to a place where I was like, I got this is not enough. I got to have more. I got to have a constant, a constancy with you, God. I got to have a joining of us together where I don't go away or feel like we're apart, but that we're always stuck together. And I can hear you all the time. I can know what you want. I can know how to uh, receive from you. I can know how to be used by you and not suffer failure in that. Prayers that don't work or um, thinking I heard God say something, but clearly he was nowhere in that. It was, I was all off in my flesh or in um, what some people would call Christianese, you know, traditions that you learn as a result of being in an atmosphere, but there's really no power behind it, no life to it, no life of God in it. And from that point, that required, that, that required me to commit to the Lord in a way that I had not committed. It was more than just salvation. It was more than just, okay, I'm not going to sin anymore. I'm not going to, you know, do these bad things. And I'm going to go to church every week. It was, it was a life commitment, a look you in your eyes, Jesus, as much as possible, spirit to spirit, and be someone that you can count on, Lord. Not just that I can count on you, but that you can count on me, that you can trust me, that um, I literally place you above everything and everyone else. My children, they've, they've heard this their whole life. <laughs> I will not choose you over God. And I'd say it a little bit more funny, but I'm not going to hell for anybody, meaning I'm not going to be separated from my God for any purpose, no, no thing, no person, nothing. And it required me to change what I place priority on. The Lord says where your treasure is. There your heart is also. So what we value, I had to go, okay, that's not important. When I look at it and compare it to Jesus, who's going to give me my well done? Who's going to comfort me who's going to whose face do i want to see at the end of my life is it this moment with someone or is it this moment with this object or thing or this action or is it my heavenly father so then as i continue to do that and took things literally would be hold them up in my mind and go okay what is this and but here's jesus how does this compare are you going to be able to give me well done are you going to be able to comfort me in my my quiet lonely times at night are you there for that okay if not you got to go away. And then I've elevated Jesus even more and said, okay, 
You're the one who does that. So this is my time I'm going to spend with you. Now, being a mother of four, if anybody, you have kids, you have jobs, businesses, you know that time is what it is. And it seems to fly by. And there's all these things that jump up and look for your attention. But remember that Jesus is in us. We are one with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we are one, and they are one with us. We live and abide in them, and they dwell and abide in us. So putting the Word of God in, but also put in your heart, in your mind, a focus and an awareness that He's always with you. Talk with Him. Like, my family knows they'll hear me going, talking through the day, just, and they're like, yes, are you talking to me? And I'm like, no, I'm talking to the Lord, and treating Him as He is a real person. He is real. He is alive. He is always present. He's always hearing. He always knows us. So putting that focus on going, God, okay, not only do I choose you, but now I acknowledge you, right? Yes. We've heard that. And was it Proverbs? Lean not unto your own, and all your, um, excuse me, <clears throat> lean not to your own understanding, right? Yes. You finished mm-hmm. that for me? But in yeah. all you're getting, get wisdom. No. Nope. In all your ways, acknowledge, acknowledge him, him and he shall direct your paths. That's right. Acknowledging him. Going, God, you're here. You're with me. Okay, what do you say, Lord? And it seemed like an impossible task. Like, how can I ask you about every single thing? Because it's inconvenient. If you spend any time in the natural, you've grown accustomed to doing things based on what you think, your, your flesh or your emotions or whatever. But when you acknowledge God, in everything, when you don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways you acknowledge him, he does, in fact, direct your path. Mm-hmm. When you go to the grocery store. So is it store, really that inconvenient? No. No. No, at this point. It is the opposite of inconvenience. It is beneficial. You benefit mm-hmm. as a result of your acknowledgement of the Lord in everything. Mm-hmm. And you can start in small things. Ask him, what do you want me to wear, Holy Spirit? Or, what do you think about this bread? Ask him. Begin to ask him. And then set your, extend your spiritual ears to hear his voice. And it'll take time. You'll hear more and more. But give the opportunity. Open the door for him. And he will certainly direct your paths. And he has a variety of ways that he ministers to us. Mm-hmm. But he will do just that. Kids, with something, when you're missing something, when you don't know where to find something that you're looking for, what do you do? Ask the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he knows where it is. Okay. Does he tell you where it is? Yes. You can spend hours circling around looking for things where you can just ask the one who knows and go right over there to it. Right? Yes. Okay. But that's acknowledging him in all of our ways. And he does, he is who he said he is. Mm -hmm. So while it seems like a challenge, take that challenge. Step up to the plate. Take that challenge and begin to let him be God in everything that you do. And then you'll see more and more it'll become habit and second nature to have that moment to moment. Jesus had that. So if he's our example and he had that, then it's available to us to have as well. I'm a firm believer in having every single thing that God said that we can have. I'm a firm believer in having the best from God, his best in my life and not settling for anything less than that. I just, you know, since we're in encouraging, I want to encourage everyone um, because um, if 
your way of communicating with God does not look like Kamisha's way of communicating with God, that's okay. Because mm -hmm. you're a unique child of your Heavenly Father. And you have a unique relationship that you get to have with Him. This is not meant to be oppressive. Um, and I'm not saying you said anything that was like that, Kamisha. Just, just give me a pass. Like, don't beat yourself up about it. Just mm -hmm. take it as it comes. Mm -hmm. For me, it was a little bit different. It wasn't um, saying... Okay, Lord, tell me this. Okay, Lord, tell me that. Or asking questions. It was actually understanding that he was already speaking. And you guys, okay. I don't think we've said it on um, these sessions, but you've heard me talk about this before. It was, it was me. It was picking up a piece of paper, like in the middle of a parking okay. lot at Walmart, um, picking up, um, uh, uh, being in Walmart, and somebody had knocked a shirt off the rack for me to pick it up and put it back on the hanger rack, uh, right, and put it back on the rack to bring the uh, grocery cart in mm -hmm. that was out. Little itty bitty things that to understand that he was already speaking i didn't even have to ask him to speak he was already speaking it was acknowledging that he was mm -hmm. and being obedient in that moment that led to hearing other speaking mm -hmm. right so um it was a little different for me mm -hmm. and it's okay for it to be a little bit different mm -hmm. and it's also not meant for you to do it alone so i encourage you to find somebody to walk together with in this find another believer to walk with you maybe it's um maybe you need to start more in spending more time in private worship right so make a commitment to a friend that i'll spend 15 minutes in private worship what find out whatever it is you know be like thomas edison you know don't be discouraged if you've found the 99 ways not to create a light bulb just keep <laughs> going till you find the way to create the light bulb that works for you that you can be illuminated by the holy spirit mm -hmm. and have him guide you mm -hmm. and just enjoy the process of that but don't let it be something that's oppressive don't let it beat you up and if you need more guidance than that, just reach out to us at adayofprayer.org. Mm -hmm. We're happy to hear from you in any way that we can support you and guide you, direct you, whatever that may be. You're not alone in this. Mm -hmm. And don't let the enemy steal that from you. Amen to that. Amen. Yeah, Scripture talks about that, that specific thing, Dean. The righteous falls but gets up again and can, just continues to get up until, until they get it. All right? It's, it's a process. It's, it's a, a journey. Right? It's what was said about Abraham, right? He was a sojourner. So he was searching. He was moving as the Lord was leading him, all right? And no, he didn't always get it right, as we don't always get it right, all right? Because we're, we're human. We're this flesh body, all right? Our perfected man <laughs> will, will absolutely have it right. And yeah. we are still moving forward to that. We have not arrived yet. So, yeah, just be encouraged. And Amen. But it also goes to how you how we were discussing here today of how we structure our lives. And uh, and there's a lot more to that, especially with what Paul's saying. So uh, I'm looking forward to next time where we get to continue in that. So with that, can uh, I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? Yes, I will. All right, Layla. Lord, I thank you for today and for giving us your Holy Spirit to guide us, Lord, to tell us those little things that we need, Lord. And I thank you for giving us team members, Lord, that will help edify us, Lord, and walk with us as we pursue you, Lord. And I thank you for never leaving our side, Lord, and for never forsaking us, for always being there when we need you, Lord. And I thank you for your goodness, Lord, and your compassion that you have on us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you, God bless you, and have a wonderful day.
Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.